Twitter and all your posts. What what podcast? What podcast? What'd you do? I just trolled you on all your posts. I know, I saw it. You said I disagree. Why? You said I, it's a, you said it's a nice break from all this this wobble or whatever. Yeah, I said it's squabble. I'm promoting <laughs> Oh I see you're doing a squabble. That's good. It's very cute. Yeah. I um then I said you're very wrong on the other one. You're very wrong. You're very wrong channeling here in her uh, Paul Maxwell. Yeah. Should have called you Matt Chandler. Matt Chandler is very wrong about this. <laughs> I love that. It's very, not just wrong. No, he's very wrong. Very wrong. Very Gravely. Wrong. Gravely wrong. Gravely mistaken. Dangerously wrong. Yeah. So I, um, did you know what, what podcast theme song I was just, uh, Swiftly Rogan's or what? No. Oh, that would be, that'd be like this. Sons of Thunder Podcast, check it out! Training by day! <laughs> Sons of Thunder Rock by night, all day! Do <laughs> uh, you ever actually listen to the podcast? You're just a YouTube guy. Are we live right now? Yeah. This, um, this is going live? Doing it live! I see it says live in the top. We're live, it's 100% live. Wow, dude, what if I said something terrible? You didn't tell me. I thought you knew we were live. No. That's why I did the theme song. It's, oh, man. it's supposed to be um, the beautiful symphonic sounds of uh, the dividing room. Uh, that's not what it sounds like. Well, I like the way I do it. But I can't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I got some books for you to read about that. So, hey, I'm always open to unsolicited <laughs> book advice from people who tell me to be more charitable in the most uncharitable way. Yeah, it's great. That's good stuff. Squabbles, man. Oh, there's a hummingbird looking me right in the eyes right now. Really? That's crazy. So much soul. Look at hummingbird right in the eyes. Huh, too late for that, man. They, they might be God's most perfect creatures. He was trying to tell me the truth. Or at least not lie to me. Oh, you know what? So we're talking about squabbles. A little background on that. I've been getting into it for far too long. Why do you got it? Why do you got it? I got to give it. I got to explain it. Because it's, it's a good segue. You're gonna about to make yourself a hero. I'm gonna valorize myself. Yeah, that's good. Here it comes. Valorize. So, anyways, Joel's the only one who tells the truth, and it doesn't lie. Yeah. No, listen. I I posted this thing about here's how to deal with slanderous accusations of uh, a sin, in particular racism. You know, when you're online, it's like, you know, every now and then people will slanderously accuse you of something that you're not guilty of. Listen, we're all guilty of sin in many ways. But anyway, I posted this thing. Got a lot of likes, got some good likes, but then it also got um, some uh, some unsolicited book recommendations, which is always fun. Which is always nice. Um, when are you gonna write your book? Oh no no. So here here's what I was gonna get at. Against you and how unwoke you are. Yeah, because you're That'd going, be a good you're going to Trinity now. You just keep doing what you're doing, and I will get a bunch of sales. You uh, you probably would, but it'd be blood money. That's fine. No. Uh, the reason why I wrote that post is because I'm trying to help believers prepare for when someone doesn't tell the truth. And as believers, we have to tell the truth. Well, we're going to talk about this right now, but yeah. we've got to be people who don't lie. But, of course, we understand not everybody agrees with that. And there are people who are willing to use slander and false accusations. And, you know, wouldn't it be nice if there were a chapter of Jordan Peterson's book that directly addressed that? Yeah. And, uh, Chapter 8. So let's talk about it. 
Um, first of all, this is the podcast. This is the uh, the Sons of Thunder. This is like the um, the um, spinoff of the Think Podcast. It's like it's got some of the same characters, but it's also got like some new characters where you're like, ah, I think they just. I don't know, what is that guy related to the director or something? Like, why'd they... <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I've been waiting for it. <laughs> why'd you put that guy in? Yeah. And it, it's kind of like, you know, last couple of seasons. Yeah, it's It kind of gets canceled. Nobody really misses it. So that's kind of like, this is this is that podcast. Yeah, yeah. Especially when we have great introductions like this. Hey, do you do you want to give a quick plug for your, your new project you're working on? People should know about this. Yeah. How many, I don't know, two people maybe watching this live? Uh, more or less. Okay. No, there's more. I'll take two more, two more listeners. So I've started my own podcast called Parker's Pensies, and I'm pronouncing it like an American swine. Uh, there's a reason behind that. So go listen to my podcast, and you'll know why I call it Pensies instead of Pensies, like a like a true Frenchman. Yeah. Okay. Where where can they find this podcast? It's on you guys. You're it's on all the, over. So anywhere you're finding podcasts. Apple. Are you on Spotify? Yeah. Wonderful. Well, and YouTube. Um, yeah, we're yeah. it's a it's a podcast where I explore ideas in philosophy, theology, nature, and life. Dude, it's and it's it's very good. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's that. very good. I I I um as you know, I've been listening to episode three, uh, when I'm when I've not been engaging, um, which is 30, 30 seconds at a time. Then <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, no, it's it's really it's really good. What I like about your podcast is it's it's the same. It's the same. Uh, it, it's fr- coming from the same worldview that a lot of other podcasts are coming from. I mean, you got a good, healthy, robust biblical worldview, but you're tackling questions and analyzing them in a very unique way. In a very, un- which is kind of like what we're trying to do with Sons of Thunder. Yeah, but totally. It's like what Sons Sons of Thunder would be without me to explain everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's like, good. I like that. We like can go deeper. In your last episode, you were like, um, you know, talking about is my notebook a horcrux? Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to it for like 15 minutes. And the whole time I'm going like, what the heck? Am I supposed to know what a horcrux is? Because I didn't read stupid Harry Potter. And, yeah, I didn't uh, read Harry Potter either. But yeah. I'm, I'm culturally aware enough to know who I'm yeah. trying to witness to. So Oops. so then you then you explain what a horcrux is. And you're like, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, uh, my parents... Yeah, they were so silly. They they said that uh, Harry Potter was super occult when we were kids and all this stuff. And then you explain what a Horcrux is, <laughs> and I'm like, that is the most occult, satanic thing. Oh my gosh! Like, no, ah, I'm not gonna let my kids read this. Like, so hilarious. World. It's wretched. That's how you suck people in, because then they go, oh, oh, okay. So like, he's uh, he's was raised as an evangelical, but maybe he's not gonna go back there. Maybe, maybe he's. He's been enlightened. But nope, nope, nope. I'm still, no. I'm still right here. I sucked you in. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, so anyway, everyone, go listen to Parker's podcast, Parker's Pensies, Boom. and uh, we got to get, we got to get your, um, your videos up on our YouTube channel, man. Well, you've got your own much more successful YouTube channel, but um, <laughs> an accident, yeah, I've, yeah. Uh, but I've got to, I've got to get your stuff up there because thanks um, for, thanks for telling the truth right there, man. Well, I'm trying to do that or at least not yeah. lie, you know? Yeah. Do you, so actually what you were talking about, you already had a really good segue into it and then you totally bailed on it. So yeah. we got to go back to it now. Yeah. But I harpooned that real quick. The tell the truth or at least don't lie. 
the significance of the or or at least don't lie is pretty big because peterson's saying the truth is hard to come by it's really hard and so you were talking about earlier about people who intentionally lie and they use spin and they're they're you know as a, as christians we don't do that or well, we're we should not we to do that and we should repent yeah. of that right but some people you know it's whatever helps you get ahead in life then there's still there's other people who accidentally promote falsehoods right they're not intentionally trying to lie and so peterson is that's really the crux of his chapter is don't intentionally lie you know if you if you accidentally say something that's untrue that's different i mean do the hard work to find the truth before you go around spreading QAnon all over the place you're muted guy did you see trump's reaction to uh I didn't see it. I heard it. I or I read it somewhere. He was like, "What's that? Is that a good thing or a bad thing?" Right? Yeah, yeah. He asked somebody. One of the reporters Does that mean asked. He didn't him, know if it's a good thing to fight against. No, 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 no. You got to watch it. He goes. Somebody said. Uh, so one of the reporters goes like, "So like, what do you think about QAnon?" And you can tell he. It's so funny. You can tell he's got no idea. He's like, "Oh, um, you know, I don't know much about that, but I understand they really like me." And, uh, you know, and, and there, and then he kind of like moved on and the reporter's like, uh, wait a minute. These people think I got to tread lightly because I've got some friends who are into QAnon. They're uh, going to get you now. Yeah, pro- probably turned, be part of it. Dude, I've got, I've got friends on such extreme I know, polls. Dude. I'm it's, in the same spot. It's nuts. All right. Um, we're so reasonable, right? Sitting here in the middle. We have, we have reached the golden mean <laughs> yeah. between yeah. Antifa and QAnon. Um, but the, uh, then the reporter comes back and she goes, yeah, but QAnon thinks that you are secretly saving the world from pedophiles and cannibals. And, and Trump's like, he, you know, he doesn't want to alienate his base. So he's like, he's like, oh, well, uh, I don't, I don't understand. Is that supposed to be a bad thing? Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. He's like, is that supposed to be a bad thing? And then he's like, and. And, and and I am I'm I'm trying to save if I can save us from anything uh, I wanted I want to do that <laughs> he's, like, it, yeah. he's like oh, okay I, I, this is uh I guess I'm doing this now all right well yeah if that's what you think then sure 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 I'll take that yeah yeah what is that supposed to be a bad thing you know that's so good okay he, he he's either the greatest actor in the world or he has no idea yeah about all that and so but but you know we do live in a in a time when there are there are all, all these crazy ideas out there and it's like just don't be one of the ones willfully look whoever's at the head of QAnon whoever's if there is a person at the head of that intentionally putting out false information well then Jordan Pe- Peterson would like to have some words with him so um so you, you see what i'm saying so uh why don't you give us a sort of an introduction was that another setup that was another setup you just did. You like that? It's like eight setups. Yeah. Give us an introduction to the chapter yeah. and the, the thesis. Yeah. So it's it's pretty simple. This one's pretty simple. We've talked about other ones, how he's going all over the place. This one, I think he's he's keeping on track pretty well. It's, you know, tell the truth or don't, don't tell lies. Don't willfully tell lies. And so he goes, uh, man, he... This is so hard. This is actually super duper hard. I think that maybe his... His main thesis is that the world will be way better if everyone told the truth. And then at the end, he says, you know, in paradise, everyone tells the truth. And so, again, you get to this like little utopian view 
in Peterson where he's like, yeah, if, if yeah. everyone didn't lie, then the whole world would be paradise. And I was like, all right, dude, like another utopian thing. But you think about it, it's like he might be onto something there. Like as Christians, we think that that's not going to happen unless everyone were regenerated, which would be awesome. Uh, but if everyone, we, I, I tell this to people, if everyone in the world look more like Jesus, uh, there wouldn't be sin anymore. There wouldn't be rape and murder. There wouldn't be strife, right? Like, yeah, that's awesome. right. So Jesus was totally sinless. If we, if we right. all emulated him, man, if we all emulated him, even, you know, if everybody emulated him 10% more than we do. Right. If everyone like, dude, if everyone stopped intentionally telling lies, like this world would be a much better place. Right. But what he's saying is that's not an easy thing to do because it still hurts. So he goes over these three cases right away in the, in the beginning of the chapter, there's a psych patient. Uh, and then there's a, uh, one of his own personal patients. And then there's Dennis, the drunk. And so they get more and more and more extreme. So first is a psych patient. Uh, Peterson is a young student, um, young PhD student, I think doing psychology with other students and they're walking yeah. to the, to, uh, the machine to get some chips or something. And one of the psychiatric patients is there and says, Hey, where are you guys going? Can I come with you? And he's like looking around and this woman next to him is like, what do, what do I tell this lady? And so Peterson was thinking about it. And he's like, I could have told a white lie and said, we're about to he, leave. He felt know. bad for her. Of course. Yeah. Cause it's like, no, you're not actually allowed to come with us, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. Cause that's mean. And so then he decided like the best thing to do was just tell the truth and not to intentionally lie, not to be a jerk about it, but, but as gently as he could just say the truth. So he goes, Hey, we're actually, you know, PhD students and you're actually not allowed to come with us. And he said that she looked kind of dejected, a little bit sad for a couple of seconds, but then realized that's that's that. And then just turned around and it was fine. So it was like, okay, sweet. That's not so bad. And then you get to the, I call him the human flair. Do you remember this guy? It's one of Peterson's patients. So this was the, uh, oh yeah, this was the real paranoid guy, right? Yeah, I think he was paranoid, but I know that he was having like these weird fantasies about like flaying people. Yeah, flaying oh, yeah. alive. Yeah, he was paranoid. He's, he's he, real paranoid. He's the guy that you see in in like the horror movie that you bump into in the wrong way and then he starts stalking you. Right, right, right. It becomes his life mission to hunt you down. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's gonna show you and he's gonna make your life a living hell. And yeah. Peter's like, Yeah, and he would do it too. Yeah, and he says he says on uh, page two oh five, Peterson says, Paranoid people are are hyper alert and hyper focused. Mm. They are attending to nonverbal cues with an intentness never manifest during ordinary human interactions. They make mistakes in interpretation, that's the paranoia, but they are still almost uncanny in their ability to detect mixed motives, judgment, and falsehood. You have to listen very carefully and tell the truth if you're going to get a paranoid person to open up to you. So that's the setup yeah. for as he's learning this principle tell the truth or at least don't lie this is he had to really focus on that with this particular patient yeah and if he wanted to reach this guy if he wanted to not actually become a real flayer you know and flaying people alive and stuff he yeah, didn't reach right dude. and a big part of that was telling him the truth and so he told him how this guy's words made him feel and he wasn't he wasn't trying to mix things up he wasn't trying to sneak in there he was like you know, I don't know what he said. He didn't say what he said, but I'm sure he, that's pretty disgusting. That's making me feel terrible. That's gross. You know, like, right. I think he says he was, he, he says that he was honest with him. He, right. he talked about how it was horrifying to him. Right. 
Yeah. And, and because and that guy would have been able good. to tell if he was lying to him. Oh, you know, yeah, that's normal. A lot of people have that. Right. It's like, okay, dude, not like that. No, I know people don't think that way. That's why I'm here. Like, that's right. why I'm, right. trying, to that's why I'm help. trying to see you. Right. Yes. I need you so to don't, tell me. Don't sugarcoat me and right. tell me that this is fine. No, right. that's horrible. And you know, by the way, there, a quick aside, there's something to that when it comes to sin. When it comes to sin of any kind, there's something to plain honesty mm-hmm. and just telling someone, you know what? That's bad. That's that's actually gross. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's that's incredibly harmful. That's yeah. evil. I uh I respect that that level of candor. You know, like because that's how that's how repentance happens. That's yeah. how change happens. So he's he's well, telling the truth to his patients. Sorry, go ahead. Something interesting about that too though, man. If if no one's ever done that to you and then someone does that to you, it's jarring. It's mm. like No, everyone's told me this is not such a big deal. And so now you have this choice whether you're going to go find that out and ask your friends or you're going to be like, oh, that guy's just a meanie. He's a jerk, you know? And so if more people yeah. are doing that, like if you have a whole community of brothers who are just like, oh, dude, there's this great meme just came out. It's it's like girls and guys. Is that meme with the two blonde dudes? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. The guy with the beard. Like yeah, and one's this girl, and she's got like a, a mask on, and she's crying underneath, and she's like, am I fat? And the other girl's crying like, oh, my gosh, no, you're not fat. And then the the two blonde guys, the guy says, bro, am I fat? The other guy says, bro, I know five fat people. And bro, you're four of them. (laughs) 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 But if you have that kind of like, if you have that kind of community of people who actually love you and care about you and they give you a hard time or they tell you, tell you the truth often, then hearing the truth more doesn't hurt. You can actually start doing something, something about it. And you know what else? It's very refreshing. Mm. It's like a just, kiss on the lips. Yeah, Proverb. Where'd you get that idea. What 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 chapter is that from? Do you I'm know? not sure. No. Um, that's one of the good things about reading Proverbs is it starts to just get in there. Mm. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And that's the King James, so you know it's right. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say. So yeah. So truth. Right now, everybody wants to avoid being the offensive guy. So everybody is couching their language. Everybody is couching their language. Yeah, or or the opposite, right? Yes, that's right. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's it's either I'm gonna not be offensive at all, or screw it. I'm so sick of that. I'm sick of t- you know tiptoeing around. So I'm gonna be the offensive guy. Right, right. And then I get to make this brand. I'm the guy who, you know, they make something like Sons of Thunder or something stupid. Where you're, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> Yeah, like like I'm gonna be uh I'm gonna I, I tell it like it is. Right, yeah. I'm just you know, no spin here. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're just spinning everything. Spinning everything because it's all about them. It's all about their brand. And and they have to come out on top. I yeah. I'm just trying to tell the truth. Well, you know, maybe be open to the idea that uh maybe you're not telling the truth. Maybe right. you're a dumb dumb. And maybe uh, you're doing it in a way that's not winsome at all, and you're not gonna win anyone you're trying to win. Right. In an unnecessary way, because it's possible. Well, okay, we're we're gonna get into this. Yeah. But um, yeah. but why don't we um, why don't we talk about? Oh, well, I want to go over Dennis go the drunk then. Yeah, yeah, he, go go go. He escalates up and up, and this is a third case. Go where Peterson talks about his neighbor who was a former uh, bike gang leader, captain, whatever. And uh, okay, so this guy's a drunk and spends all his money on alcohol, and he would go over to Peterson's house. He'd go off on these benders, and he'd go over to Peterson's house. And he would try and sell him like toasters and household appliances so that he could keep drinking. So he'd have some more money to do it. And Peterson bought a couple things from him trying to be nice because 
this guy's huge and terrifying and he's drunk. And even though he has a good relationship with him normally when he's drunk, who knows? And it's at 2 a.m. So then Jordan's wife told him that it makes him, her uncomfortable and that it's actually not good for him to keep doing this and he needs to like, take a stand. So then this, you know, uh, Dennis comes over and does it again, brings his toaster over. And Jordan's like, again, he's going to sell it. He wants to buy right. it. Right. And Jordan's there. nervous because like, who knows? This guy could, he's, he's not in his right state of mind. First of all, second of all, he's huge. He could be upset. And if there's any kind of air of looking down on him, right. I'm better than you. I'm not going to help you with this. So he, he said as clearly as he could without any, he thought about beforehand without any uh, unintended, you know, air of superiority told him, I'm not going to do this because you told me that you don't, that, that you acknowledge this is a problem and you make my wife uncomfortable when you come over here at two in the morning. And I know that you respect her. And so he just laid it out for him. And he said the guy looked at him and was trying to figure him out and then came to a good conclusion, turned around, and he never came back to do that again. He said that their waking relationship when he wasn't drunk turned out way better in the long run. Mm. But, I've, dude, I know you've had it. I've had it too. The situations where you're determined to tell the truth, it's, it shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't be scary to tell the truth. But it's terrifying. Yeah. It's like, dude, I just want to tell you the truth. Right. And I know you're going to get really offended by this, but I'm going to be sick if I don't tell you this. Mm. If you ask, especially if you ask me, there's a difference between, you know, unsolicited versus like straight solicited truth. What do you think about this? And I'm like, oh, shoot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You, you really, you know, to get into that mindset where you're willing to tell someone the truth, you have to almost disassociate yourself from the relationship. And just say, I'm dealing with an idea. I'm dealing with a fact. I'm going to state the fact and put it out there. And I'm I'm just not going to worry about what the response is going to be or what impact it's going to have. And and I'm just going to state it plainly. I'm not going to come as the bold prophetic right. truth teller. Right. And I'm also not going to, you know, man, there is a way to say something so that it sounds like the exact opposite of what you mean. Yeah. You know? Like, You've made a thousand qualifications. Right, right. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, hey, what do you think about uh, so and so? What, what do you think about my uh, my blog post? You know that I just wrote. Well, you know, I think you I think you got a lot of good things to say. You give us, give me a lot of good things to to, to think yeah. about. And you know, man, I I I just I love the way you're willing to tackle these issues. That's like, okay, what did you actually think of right. the content that I put out there? Yeah. And that's when you have to say, if you don't like it, you have to say. It was unbiblical or, or, you know, you're, you're given too much to the other side or you're unclear or it's not well-written or, or whatever, but doing so creates, a, what it does is, and I want to talk about what he says here on page 209, you're giving up your desire to manipulate the world in, into your favor yeah. and you're subordinating yourself to reality at Peterson would say to being, we would say to God. You are subordinating yourself to God and saying there's an objective reality outside myself and I don't have the right to try and twist that objective reality to meet my own ends in a dishonest way. Yeah, and ultimately it's God, right? But there's still created reality in between there as well. Of course, Your of course. Neighbors and yeah, all I'm, sorts. I was talking about the normative right. perspective. You're, yeah. you're going to the situational perspective. Yeah. Fair? 
Uh, yeah, totally. And then there's the existential perspective, which is you lying to yourself, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, are you okay jumping into page two hundred nine here? Yeah, you... sure. All right. So here's what he says. Spin. Where it says manipulate the world. Yeah. He goes. You can use words to. I wish I do a, a good JBP. Dude, I was just thinking that earlier today. I I can do like a almost uh, Kermit, but I, yeah. I I don't have his like. You can use words to manipulate the world, and, and it's like no, it's starting to be uh, Marvin Martian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. To be honest with you. Um, Thanks. But it was a good effort. It's more than I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I like the way you do it better than the way I don't do it. That's Dale Moody. Yeah, that's hiding the truth. I think. Yeah, I don't like the way you do it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, here's what he says. He goes. You know who sounds like Jordan Peterson? Ron Dart. Yeah, he sounded exactly like him. Everyone listening right now, if you have not watched or listened to our Sons of Thunder interview with Ron Dart, do yourself a favor. Go listen. After this is done. But go listen to that because, man, he has a lot of good things to say about Jordan Peterson, myth. And he's a Christian. I was right. thinking about that because we are we get kind of harsh on Peterson. Yeah. But I think I – think necessarily so because he's not a believer yeah and i was thinking about how how much connection i felt to peterson's thought when i was talking when we were talking with ron dart it's because he was christianizing everything yeah because he's a believer and he goes oh you know archetypes that's general revelation right oh yeah that could totally make sense how come i never thought oh because peterson wouldn't say that because he's not a believer right and you know what this is a good time to bring in this comment i mean we're going to get to page 209 but look at look at this comment from um chris cutler he says, it's so strange how he, meaning Peterson, uses the biblical text as a crutch to his philosophy instead of allowing the text to build his philosophy. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between Ron Dart and hopefully what you and I are trying to do. Right. And and Jordan Peterson. Yeah. I think um, that's right. Uh, by the way, do you know someone named <laughs> Corey? How do you pronounce his last name? Hodavanik? Hodawanik. Hodawanik. It's he probably says, Hodavanik, actually. If you go back far enough. Yeah. He says, speaking of hiding the truth, Parker, I have to tell you, I don't like your mustache. Don't, don't like Corey on. Corey's a troll. It's out there. He's speaking the truth. He's right. one of those guys who will cut it to you straight. He yeah. doesn't care what you think. That's right. <laughs> He's been saying that for years. Okay. So 209, spin. I'm going to spin that. He's been saying what? That he doesn't like your mustache? Yeah. Oh. Corey's a hater. Okay. You can use words to manipulate the world into delivering what you want. This is what it means to act politically. Shout out to Political Correctness, 1990s. This is spin. It's the specialty of unscrupulous marketers, salesmen, advertisers, pickup artists, slogan-possessed utopians, and psychopaths. Shout out to the flaying guy. Uh, actually, he he was he didn't use spin, right? He he was pretty honest. Yeah. So, but he was a psychopath. What's that? He was still a psychopath. Though. Yes. It's the speech people engage in when they attempt to influence and manipulate others. It's what university students do when they, here it is, dude, when they write an essay to please the professor instead of articulating and clarifying their own ideas. This is how bad ideas spread through the university. It's what everyone does when they want something and decide to falsify themselves to please and flatter. It's scheming and sloganeering and propaganda. 
To conduct life like this is to become possessed by some ill-formed desire and then to craft speech and action in a manner that appears likely, rationally, to bring about that end. Typical calculated ends might include, quote, to impose my ideological beliefs, end quote, to prove that I am or was right, social media, to appear competent, social media, to ratchet myself up the dominance hierarchy, to avoid responsibility or its twin, garner credit for others' actions, to be promoted, to attract the lion's share of attention, to ensure that everyone likes me, to garner the benefits of martyrdom. Uh, sounds like um, uh, the one about the C.S. Lewis novel, Going Up to Heaven. What is that? Oh, um, Great Divorce. The Great Divorce. Yeah. Remember the guy... Remember the guy who uh, he was the, uh, the 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 dramatist, the 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 actor. He was yeah. he was a, not a dramatist, but what is it? The the man. I don't remember. You gotta tell me more. Uh, it's the guy who um, was very dramatic. He had an alter ego. He himself is very small. Was that, that was like the guy. He he ended up shrinking, and he ended up shrinking. Ego and, was growing and disappearing. Yes, his yeah. ego, his sense of martyrdom, and his dramatization of all of his relationships kept on growing and growing and growing in that book. Um, and he, he was saying things like, Oh, but you never cared about me. Oh, you poor me. And yeah. there's, there's a word for what he was. It's like a dramatist or something like that. But anyway, um, garnering the benefits of martyrdom is a powerful motivation for many of us. Yeah. Uh, to justify my cynicism, to rationalize my antisocial outlook, to minimize it. Yeah. That martyrdom, by the way, that yeah. that's so frustrating. Uh, when you see it out in culture, it's like, okay, dude, and, and it makes you really nervous to talk to people. It's way worse when it happens in the Christian church, uh, and I've been seeing that on my timeline lately, where people are, you know, oh, it's so hard fighting this. Oh, it's so hard fighting that, and it's on both sides. It's so, it's <laughs> nice. It's so hard. Color says the mustache looks good. It's so hard fighting the lefties and the woke patrol. And oh, it's so hard fighting the racists and the sexists and the bigots. And it's like, dude, why are you practicing your righteousness in front of people? That's right. not what we're called to do at all. What right. are you talking about? And Proverbs over and over talks about, you know, let another talk about you now. Let another praise you and not your own lips. Oh, we got a connection about problem yourself. right now. Yeah. Can we just go out? Uh, you turned into a robot for a minute. Dang, that was right when I was getting good. No, it was good. I got it. Getting I fired up. I thought for a second we were living in a simulation, hmm. but, uh, but now I know that we're not. Um, go back and look up that Th Sons of Thunder episode, by the way, if you guys haven't. This is just a had. long promotion for everything promotion. else we've done. So Peterson lists all these different motivations for why somebody lies in this way, even to the extent of living a life lie. Attempting to manipulate reality with perception, thought, and action so that only some narrowly desired and predefined outcome is allowed to exist. And Park, let me just be candid here and, and let me be authentic. Um, I have been guilty of doing this in a certain way by unfollowing people uh, on Facebook. Hmm. And, um, you know, part of it is because I want to follow our ministry partners because those are the people I really want to keep up with their life uh, life, uh, what are they called? Life events and all that sort of thing. I mean, I really care. Oh. Yeah. I, I really care about them. Um, but I will silence 
people and keep them out of my feed if they're just too aggravating to 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 look at. And I don't know, is there is there a sense in which I'm trying to manipulate reality there to create a more favorable outcome for myself? I mean, it's not exactly what Peterson's yeah. talking about here, but I wrote a what do you post think about, about that? I wrote a post about that back in 2016 saying like why you shouldn't three reasons to not unfriend that idiot, I think, because everyone was unfriending each other back then. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and it'll happen again, probably. But it was part part of the reason was like you need to see that that's going on, so you don't live in this little bubble, and so that you can see, okay, this is someone that I liked enough to allow my friendship on Facebook, and they completely disagree with me. So it's not just a nameless, face faceless group that I hate. It's this person who I know personally. Yeah. Like now it's changed because now you accept all sorts of people, but. Yeah, I have some people in my life where I keep them around and they have completely, I would say, garbage, terrible, awful ideas. But I let them on there because I need to see that still happening and still realize that there's a person behind this ideology. Right, and right. what Peterson talks about, I think, is important. He says a lot of times that person goes away and it's just the ideology speaking. And that's where it's like, I want to talk to a human, not an ideology. Uh, and I don't want to be that either. You know, if it, unless it's going to be like a, a Christian ideology. But even in that sense, it's that's like, the gospel I want to be coming forth and not some political theory, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's really good. And as as Christians, we have to balance that, I think, because on the one hand, there is a biblical injunction to shake the dust off your feet if people are not willing to um, greet you peacefully and in good faith. But that that's isn't that referring to specifically the gospel? It's, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, I suppose so. But we should be, we, like you said, we should be putting the gospel out there first and foremost. Yeah. And if, but so that's a little bit different. Like I want people to reject the gospel, uh, the gospel. I don't want them to reject. You want people to reject the gospel. If Let the record reject, show. They're going to reject me. I want them to reject me for the gospel. Right. Yes. As far as I can, I want to live at peace with all people. Amen. Um, I also know that there's injunctions to not throw your pearls before swine. That's where I was going to go next with it. Yeah, and if, so it's like, if I know, were to go somewhere next, and and a fool, don't answer a fool according to their folly, lest you become like him. So it takes wisdom to know, hey, when do I answer them so that they're not wise in their own eyes? Right. But then other times, all right, man, that's great, thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that into consideration. I'll go read that book. Sure, thanks. But are you really going to go read it? Ooh, I shouldn't say that then. Mm. I might. If I if I want to, if I'm going to, I will look say at the it. look no, at I the won't. spin. Look at the spin. No, I'm saying like that's I'm making that rule for myself right now. Okay. All right, good, good for you. You should yeah. have twelve rules. Put them in a book. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's important too. He talks about telling the truth mm -hmm. and how lying makes you weak. And I love that because it's like, yeah, freaking yes. liars, a bunch of weak, you know. But it's it's true. It's weakening your moral code, your moral fiber, and it becomes easier to tell a lie. I think that's. That helps us understand that he's not just picking on some some weak person, physically weak. Like when you do something wrong, it becomes easier to do that wrong thing again. You know, so the more you tell lies, the first time I told a lie but that I can remember, I thought mom and dad instantly knew that I was lying. And I was like, they can read my mind. They know I'm lying. This is crazy. And then a, a day went by and they didn't. Two days. Went by, and I was like, oh, I got away with that. Mm -hmm. So maybe I can tell a couple more lies. And it wasn't just for the sake of mom and dad watching what was that lie. Yeah, or... right. It was something about how I how much I respect my big brother or something like that. My oldest brother. Well, that was well, my that should have been true. Yeah. Should have been true. I don't know. 
So Peterson says, you know, telling the truth in Sorry, little matters. This is good. This is good. Get this. So in telling the truth in little matters, it prepares you to tell the truth in big matters. Oh, I thought that was so cool. You're like, you're like flexing your, you're strengthening your truth muscles. He who is faithful with a little will be given much. Hmm. There's something there. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's, that applies, man. What do you, what do you, you saying that doesn't apply? Faithful with the truth in little things, then you'll be faithful with the truth in big things. You're saying? Yeah. If you're, if you're faithful with, with, that's yeah, good. I, like that. I can dig yeah. it. I can dig it. Exactly. And, and, I, and, and, okay. So, so that, that's, that particular verse is talking about, um, you know, when God gives you smaller things, more inconsequential things to manage and you do well with it, then over time he will give you more or right. in the next life he will give you more. Sure. Yeah. But I think the principle, eh, maybe I'm going to say the principle is faithful with a little faithful with much. Yeah. So, I think the the mechanism there, the reason you can be faithful with much is because, you know, that's a principle that God is going to, he'll bless you if you've been faithful with little. But I think there's a mechanism there that you've, pra you've practiced being faithful with this little thing. That's good. So now you'll have the muscles to, to be faithful with this big thing. You know, and it's like, yes, yeah, that's good. God built that into the universe. It's part of his wisdom that's all around us that be faithful with little things, keep working at those little things. And then, when you have the bigger things, you'll be prepared for it. And that's uh, Proverbs again, talks about people being elevated beyond their station and how, uh, you know, like a servant woman becoming a queen and like no one can, can bear that because she's not ready to do it or something in Proverbs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the flip side is true as well, Park. Okay. If you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. If you're honest in the little things, you'll be honest in the big things. Yeah. The opposite is true as well. On page 212, he says, if you say no to your boss or your spouse or your mother when it needs to be said, then you transform yourself into someone who can say no when it needs to be said. Mm -hmm. If uh, Who can say no when it needs to be said. If you say yes when no needs to be said, however, you transform yourself into someone who can only say yes, even when it is very clearly time to say no. If you ever wonder how perfectly ordinary, decent people could find themselves doing the terrible things the gulag, gulag camp guards did, you now have your answer. By the time no seriously needed to be said, there was no one left capable of saying it. Yeah. And that is a powerful warning for our society about the long-term effects of trying to please everybody by simply saying yes, by being a sycophant, by being a yes man, by being a politically correct uh, slogan repeating correct opinion having, or at least proffering um, sycophant. Yeah. It's yeah, man. Dangerous. If, if you're just, if you're going with what culture says is good, when culture says something is bad is good, then you'll go along with that as well. And yeah. Peterson, dude, I love this. I, this was maybe when I first started really having a lot of respect for Peterson when he talked about saying no and meaning it. You know, he's like, no, when I, when I say no, I mean, no. So that means that I need to be careful with my words and not say no to something I'm not willing to back up, you know, to, to give some thought to, to my speech. But when I say no, it means no, it's not wiggle room. It's not, you know, I said no. Yeah. I love that. You know, 
it's it's really good. And okay, so now as Christians, looking at the, these principles, inauthentic person, by the way, I love that he put that in there. I was thinking of you. Where it's two fourteen. Uh, he's talking about Soren Kierkegaard, or Kierkegaard, yeah. and Kierkegaard. Uh, yeah, it's great. And he talks about the inauthentic person. Oh yeah, and I was just like, mm, I love that. That's a, a disagreement between Joel and I, where I I want to be authentic with stuff. I don't want to be someone I'm not. Joel wants to be someone he's not. He wants. To- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have, yeah, I have a hard it. time. I have a hard time using the uh, Al Mohler voice. Welcome to the Sons of Thunder. You know, like if I did that. Analysis of news and events from a Sons of Thunder worldview. That's not Mueller. That's uh, John MacArthur. (laughs) We don't believe in rebelling against government. We always obey the government. Five seconds later, we're having church. This is a peaceful (laughs) protest. I love that. He said no when he was supposed to, I think. I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. And we just triggered like. 35% 35% of our listeners. That's good. Good. I don't care what they think. I tell the truth. I call it like it is. <laughs> no spin zone. <laughs> no spin here. Oh, man. All right. Um, so um, he also so- goes, he gets into some crazy stuff. The, the, his theology is crazy. We know that we talked about it. He says Satan is reason. Um, and, you know, reason just cuts off all the corners and, uh, his theology is weird. It's just weird. Yeah. His view of sin is like the self-conscious person becoming self-conscious and then waking up to the horrors of life. And, you know, Satan represents reason and it's logic chopping. And yeah. So, of course, that's weird. I don't want someone to read this chapter and be like, why did they not talk about that? We acknowledge that he's very weird on that. He gets into a lot of stuff on, uh, well, not a lot, but at least a little bit into the Egyptian uh, mythos going on too. He talks about it's basically the Egyptian Lion King. I don't know if you caught that. Uh, Osiris is Mus- oh yeah, Mufasa, and then Set is Scar, yeah. and then Horus is Simba, and he revenges him. And okay, that's great. He also so I, go ahead, go ahead. Well, you, I was gonna say I. So we talked about this in our interview with Ron Dart, but Peterson sometimes has difficulty discerning between which myths are good hmm. and and which myths are bad and which myths are useful because they have a useful principle there but are they're not they're not factual and this is where cs lewis's idea of the true myth comes in we're yeah. not going to get into that whole thing but you know peterson be, because he doesn't fully or really in any real sense accept the biblical worldview as actually true, factually true. He has trouble. Um, he flattens all the myths out and he puts Christianity and the Christian story on par with Isis and Horus and Set and Osiris and all these guys. And, um, okay, dude, that being said, there was something that he said that as a Christian, I want to fully affirm and that's on page 214, about halfway, right halfway down the page where it says- The authentic person, that one? No, I don't want to affirm that. That's uh, that's silly. Soren Kierkegaard was the first millennial. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. There is no blaming any of this on the unconscious either. Or repression. Repression. Okay. When the individual lies, he knows it. 
He may blind himself to the consequences of his actions. He may fail to analyze and articulate his past so that he does not understand. He may even forget that he lied and so be unconscious of that fact. But he was conscious in the present during the commission of each error and the omission of each responsibility. At that moment, he knew what he was up to and the sins of the inauthentic individual compound and corrupt the state. Dude, that what what Bible passage does that remind you of? James 4.17. What's James 4.17? That's not what I was thinking of. Whoever knows the right oh. thing to do and fails to do it. Because he talks about sin of omission. For for him, that is sin. Yes. That's all about the intentional. Amen. Amen. Right. And you're trying, to, you're trying to weasel around. Well, I didn't know. Well, even okay. if, yeah. But what about the part about uh, there's no blaming any of this on the unconscious? Oh, is consciousness? it? Uh, I don't know. But I was thinking maybe Proverbs where. Oh. The nations rage against God. Oh no, I was thinking I was thinking Romans one, eighteen through twenty-four. Oh yeah, I was thinking that where he's talking about suppression. He's where did I I wrote that down in my notes somewhere. That's it. That's oh well maybe that's not the exact passage. But in Romans one eighteen through twenty-four, it says the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven uh, against men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Yeah, I had that on page thir- uh, two thirteen. Oh, okay, hit me. Uh right at the bottom. The sentence, the second to last sentence says to accept the truth. To accept the truth means to sacrifice. And if you have rejected the truth for a long time, then you've run up a dangerously large sacrificial debt. Forest fires burn out dead wood and return trapped elements to the soil. Sometimes, however, fires are suppressed artificially. And so that's what I was thinking with Romans 1, where you're intentionally suppressing the truth. And then by not facing the truth, it builds up and builds up and builds up and that's going to be judgment day. Like from a Christian perspective, right? You, you unbelievers suppress the truth in unrighteousness. I don't want to think about God. I don't want to, I want to take the good stuff without leaving the God stuff. Right. So I'm going to leave, I'm going to push that back down. And such were some of us, right? Like without the Lord pushing that beach ball back up to the surface, we'd still be pushing it down in the pool. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, God's gracious. Amen. And he continues to do that. Yeah. But that's that's the human condition apart from the saving work of Christ. Yeah, that's right. And so to put a bow on all this, because we are Christians, we have an entire Bible filled with admonitions, with uh, with exhortations to speak the truth. Um, because our God is truth, our Lord Jesus, our Savior is truth. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's the liberating aspect of truth. John 8, 32 says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. Uh, John 16, 13 says that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth, or at least guides the uh, the apostles when they were going to write scripture. Um, and, and John 17, 17 corroborates that, where Jesus prays to God the Father and says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So scripture is true. And then the way that we handle truth, the way that we handle God's word is going to have implications on the rest of our, 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 uh, our ideating, our thinking. And so 2 Timothy 2.15 says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And so what I love about that verse is it flips our expectation and our fear on its head. We're afraid to tell the truth because we're afraid to be ashamed. 
Hmm. We're afraid to 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 create an environment or a situation in which you know we'll be we'll be caught, we'll be uh, you know we'll be um, alone, or yeah, you'll hurt someone's feelings, or right, right. right all sorts of reasons. And and um, the Lord says, no, 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 handle my word rightly. And and we know the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom, and it's it's uh, we build our lives on the on the platform on the foundation of Christ's teaching. So the way we handle Scripture is going to spill out into the rest of our lives. And so if we're rightly handling God's word, if we're being truthful with God's word, it's going to have implications on our relationships, on our our walk with the Lord, and on the way that we speak to ourself and the, and and how honest we are about what's actually going on around us. And, yeah. um, and, and if we do that, we don't have to be ashamed. Yeah. God, God's worked that into the system. Now we might be persecuted. Well, right? and, and that's having the right standard, right? If, if your if your goal and motive is and standard is not to be embarrassed on the horizontal level, right. Then you're probably going to end up being embarrassed on the vertical level. Yeah. But that's, that's true. if that's true, then, it comes and goes as culture shifts, and the more people rage against God, the more hate you'll get when you start looking like God, right? When you start being godly. <clears throat> um, yeah, real quick, I want to touch on on Peterson's motivation for this. His is much more pragmatic, which makes sense when you know that he's a pragmatist, right? And I think he's trying to be consistent, consistently pragmatistic or hold to pragmatism. He He says basically that things fall apart when you tell lies. And you keep telling lies, and eventually you you broached it with the the quote you just mentioned before, that if everyone keeps doing this, the whole society is going to fall apart. And it's it's a little bit of like Kant's categorical imperative that you know act in such a way that every rational person can right. act in that way towards every other rational person. So should we tell lies? Well, imagine if everyone told lies to everyone else all the time, the very concept of truth would fall out; it'd just be gone. So don't act like that. Which is different than what you talked about. Like we have a pragmatic, you're uh, muted there. Yeah. You know what I just did? Mm. I just answered the phone, spoke to my wife and then hung up. That's why I looked like I was talking. Oh, I gotcha. But I was muted. So I wouldn't interrupt your flow. Okay. Just... Oh, it, it interrupted anyways. No, well, you, you did. You did. So I think there's something to that, man. It's cool. Like if we did, if we, if, if the Christian goal, standard, and motive was instantiated all around the world, if more people had a goal of, uh, I want to look like Christ and not tell lies, uh, the standard is Christ and, and the biblical witness, and the motive is, uh, I want to do this so that I'll be more godly, then the, the pragmatic aspect would come into play as well. Like this world would be a better place. We'd have a better society if people weren't spinning stuff and lying to each other. I still don't know what's going on with coronavirus. I still have no clue because everyone spins every single fact. As soon Everything's political. Everyone's acting politically. Sides, it's all about. There's no clue at all. Power. Yeah. Well, see, that's part of it. Some people saying it's part of power and wearing a mask is a sign of weakness. And now you. No, no. I mean, no, that's not what I was saying. I'm I, what I'm saying is, I know <laughs> the people, the, man, the mouthpieces for both sides, because there are, because there's now both, there's two sides of. You can't say mouthpiece, man. It's offensive. They're filthy. Like, we're wearing masks and stuff now. You can talk about mouth and mouthpieces. And... You can talk about mouths. 
Ah, PTSD. It's yeah, no, dirty, no, filthy. No, no, no. no, the mask is filthy. That's why. That's why they're. It, it's so problematic. It's about power play, right? It's about. Gotta, no, here's the power play. Here's here's the power play. Let me tell you the power play. The, the power play is whenever new information comes out, everybody has to try to spin it so that it's most advantageous for their side. Yeah. And truth, as um, as Patricia Churchland once said, truth, whatever that is takes the hindmost. Yeah. In other words, it's not relevant. Right. And actually- uh, As Christians, we can't be that way. No, we can't. And Richard Weaver, do you know that name at all? I know the name. I know the name. Yeah, he and the uh, the Weaver boys, they had a band uh, back yeah. in the- uh, They used to uh, was, uh, baskets on stage. Yeah, that's great. That's great. He was a rhetorician at uh, University of Chicago. And he's oh, like- that Richard old, Weaver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this old curmudgeon who- uh, I don't know, man. If if they haven't got him yet, they're probably going to call him racist because I think he liked the South and stuff. But, anyways, he um, he talked about he liked the South. Yeah, how terrible like, he liked going around, like driving around down there, and like right, he's a Southern boy. Oh uh, boy! But he's this really intelligent dude, and he was talking about the move, even the the, ling, the ling, linguistic move from f- truth to facts is another like negative aspect of cultural decline because we want to deal with these like facts, these chunks of things. And uh, I'll, I'll have to research more. We can talk about that later. But uh, speaking cool. about truth, being like, no, this is the truth instead of like, well, what, these are the facts. And I'm going to build, I'm going to take these little facts and put them over here. Whereas truth is like the unity of truth. This is something that's true. It corresponds to truth. And just even even changing from truth to facts has allowed a little bit more of the the jiggering going on. Yeah, that's good. All right, well, that's about all we have for you. We've got to we've got to wrap things up here. Connect with the Think Institute by going to thethink.institute, and you can get all of our back catalog of podcast episodes there by going just same web address and then write slash podcast. Connect with the Think Institute on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, what's it? What are those other ones? Parlor, uh, Jordan Peterson's one. ThinkSpot. <laughs> are you are you on ThinkSpot? Are you doing stuff on ThinkSpot? I'm not doing stuff yet, but I am on. You're on there. Are you are you active on there? No. No, me neither. Is it's, anybody? It's a cool thing, but if you go in there, it's like it's kind of overwhelming at first. It is a little overwhelming. So, yeah. uh, Dr. Peterson, when you when you watch this episode, we'd love to talk to you about your yeah. uh, user interface. Give you, we'll tell you the truth. Give you, At least yeah, you won't lie about it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, so connect with the Think Institute on all of these social media platforms. And um, this is not goodbye. This has just been a little pit stop along the way of your spiritual journey. Um, I hope you found something useful from me. Um, sorry you had to listen to Parker, but... Um, I just want to say goodbye to everyone out there. <laughs> this is goodbye. Oh, is that, does that go against what you just said? Sorry. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I said this is... <laughs> I have some busy slogan here and you forgot what you were saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The very thing I've been I've been condemning all the slogan slogan <laughs> slogan slinging. Uh, great! I don't even know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, uh, you know who came up with that? This is not goodbye. Do you know who came up with that? Uh, some bloody postmodernist. No, it, it's a uh, it's Carlos, my my brother-in-law. Oh yeah, you told me that. Sorry, yeah. Carlos. Way to call him a bloody. <laughs> I was channeling my inner Peterson. All right, man. This is great. This is good. All right. All right. Look, uh, until next time, I hope it played your uh, unbiblical worldview. <laughs> so gruesome. Uh, you got something better? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
kind of. No, I don't. I like the way you did it. I like the way I do it better than the way you, yeah. you don't do it. It's great. All right. All right. See you, man. Later.